Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. Hello, welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about how to have a winning life by building a stronger spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and we're so grateful that you tuned in to hear us today. Please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and give us a review so that we can send this message of hope and healing out to even more people. I am so excited about our guest today, Sloan Keeney. She is an online buddy, friend, and coach of mine. She is the author of Girl, You Can Do Hard Things, and it's a great book, and I know that that's going to bless you. She's also a book and course and speecher coach and does all the things and helps mentor and encourage faith-filled female entrepreneurs. And she likes alliteration. So thank you, Sloan, for coming on the show today. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, Elizabeth, I am so excited to be here. I feel so honored and blessed to be able to, to just talk story with you. And to be here really for me is like filling every crevice of my heart. I've just been so blessed to watch you tackle the hard things and, and get after your dreams. And so, yeah, this is probably my favorite podcast ever to be on right now. Like literally hairs, right. They're standing up because I just, Anyways, we don't need to get down that. You are such an instrumental person. I never would have started this without you coaching me on things. So this is part your baby too. <laughs> it's, just, it's so cool. No, it's all you, yeah. you did the hard work. Well, really it's all it. God. Cause yeah. I felt like a little God nudge and then I'm just like, okay, I'm not sure, but I'll go with it. And then he's just blessed it and it works out and I'm having fun. So good. Good. Well, praise God. He is good. I love it. I love yeah. when those little nudges happen. So I love the the title of your book. You can do hard things because I, all of us have had to do a lot of hard things in life and that is just an encouraging message. So can you tell us a little bit more about your book and about what led you to write it and how that topic came up? Oh man. Yes. Yes, I can. First, I will say, if you're about to write a book, you just be careful about what you write, okay? Because <laughs> it seems that oftentimes God will go, oh, yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You want to write about that? Like, here you go. I totally live every chapter of my book before I write it because yeah. like I'm, I was set out to do the chapter in my upcoming book on anxiety. Then I was like assaulted with panic attacks. Yeah. And then I was writing the chapter about healthy living and I started having some sort of autoimmune reaction. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay, God's going to make sure that I really feel this when I write. Yeah, absolutely. It's that thorn. It's the thorn in the side. Yeah. Just to that, that nudge to remind us of the pain that even though we're like two steps ahead of it, for the most part, you know, it's that thorn in the side to go, you come and write this from a place of of being in it. So that's why I wrote Beautiful Girl, You Can Do Hard Things. I really wrote this book for my daughter, who at the time was 12, 12, and she was going through some hard things. Raising a girl in this 
day and age is, is not an easy task that the Lord has blessed us, us mamas with girls mm -hmm. with. And she was going through the things. And I started to, as I think us, us parents do, as moms do, I started seeing her struggle in my struggle and what mm -hmm. I went through with peer pressure and being teased and not fitting in. And we just want to fit in. And just all these things were happening. And I was actually in the middle of writing a book, but it was a different book. Oh. And as I started to try to be there for her and coach her up and do all the things. And she was like, don't talk to me. You don't know anything. Like I remember literally getting into it with her. And she was like, you don't know what it's like to be a teenager. And I was just like, girl, <laughs> you don't know right. what I know. Yeah. I know. And my story is that I was 16 and a young mom, 16 years old. I found a baby in my belly and I really had to hone in the art of resiliency. I call it resourcefulness, but I love Elizabeth, the mission that God has her on in talking about resiliency, because really when I look back on that time in my life, I think, first of all, I think, but God, okay? Mm -hmm. And then second of all, I go, oh, wow. For some reason he chose me and I, I will never forget 16 years old. Y'all remember I was 16 years old, but in my mind, somehow I felt like I can do this. And it what, yeah, like I was like, I can do this. And so I, I will never forget being in the delivery room when you're a teenage mama, it's a high risk pregnancy. There were tons of people in the room and I was 16. I didn't, I, I didn't know that this was a thing. And I remember as soon as I delivered Mark, my son, who's now 22 um, and doing well and great graduated film school in California, living out his dreams long story. Yeah. So I, I like to plug that, yeah. um, that I remember all the things went off and the baby came out and the things and the nurses and everything. And, and the room finally settled and cleared mm -hmm. and I had him in my arms and it was like a moment of where I was looking into nurses and doctors and like my parents' eyes and they had this like fear mm -hmm. and this scare, like they just, it just, they just looked scared and happy at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember it got quiet and they all left and I was holding him and, and looking out the hospital window and literally looking at him and all I could do, all I could do was make him a promise. And I just promised him that I wasn't gonna give up on my dreams to show him like that he could do whatever he wanted to do too. Like almost like I needed to prove to him yeah. that no, like that fear in their eyes, like all those people, their eyes, mm -hmm. like that's not the fear that I will allow in my eyes. Yeah, when I look to own that. I will not own that. And so that resiliency started there, the art of resourcefulness and the beautiful girl, you can do hard things story. That's where it started. So coming back to my daughter, when she yep. was telling me, you don't know, I was like, oh yes, I do. And I will put yeah. it in nine chapters. Yeah. I'm going to put it in a, in a book and I'm going to give it to you and you will have this book for the rest of you. That's what it was. Yeah. Did you give her an autographed copy? I sure did. 
I sure did. And ever, and I asked Harvey once in a while, I was like, did you get through the book yet? Did you read the book? Like, I wish I could tell y'all that there's a fun, amazing story after this. Uh, No, I will tell you she's doing great. She's doing wonderful, but has she read the book? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Someday she will. Someday Someday. she will need, she will need to pick me up and she will reach for that book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like the promise that you made to your son is fulfilled. Sounds like he's doing the things that bring him joy that God's called him to do. Yeah, he is. He is. He graduated high school with honors. And it's so funny how, how life sometimes comes full circle. So we ended up long story short, back home, living in the the town that we came from. He ended Mm -hmm. up going to the same high school that I went to Mm. graduating with honors from that high school, getting a scholarship to go to college, to pursue film. And yeah, he is, he's living out, living out his calling. And I will tell you when he graduated from high school with, without a baby, I was like, we did it. We we are good. We are safe. We can move on. Right. Um, Yeah, no, but that, that, yeah. So coming back to, to resourcefulness and like doing hard things. There were so many lessons that I had to learn at a really young age Mm -hmm. that then just continue to prepare me for God's call on Mm -hmm. on my life. I didn't know back when, when I was young and when I was just 16, I didn't know that, that God was, had me in preparation. I think he always has this in preparation, but I would have never imagined the life that I get to to live today and the things that I I get to do to Mm -hmm. walk alongside amazing women and speak life and give the tools and all the things. And it really does come down to that moment in the hospital room when I was 16 years old. When building a resilient life, the first step Liz coaches people to take is to spend time daily with God. When you seek God consistently, he will show you the best next step for your journey. If you'd like a peek at how Elizabeth connects with God regularly, Download her free prayer guide and journal at elizabethmyers.me forward slash prayer guide. You can now have the same journal Elizabeth uses every day and make it your own. So as you draw it on experiences to, to push through and do these hard things when you're such a young person, was there someone else in your life that was helping you through that? Or were these things that you figured out on your own as you went? Or was it just a combination of things? Where do you think you got that power to, to overcome these obstacles? That's so good. But God. And then <laughs> my favorite two words, but yes. God. Yes. Um, you know, yes, yes, yes. So people came along and into my life, a teacher, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Smith, who believed in me. What I also want to say is that, t- like, statistically, if we look at the statistics of teen moms, I, I did not fall into all the, the typical categories. I was a high-performing student in advanced placement classes, really set on a track to go in a, a direction. But what happened was I had a big hole in my heart and I was abused. I was sexually abused as a young girl multiple different times. And I kept it really quiet. So I was dealing with a lot of depression I attempted suicide when I was 13 and I didn't tell anyone. I wasn't telling people because I, I didn't I, tip, I didn't want anybody to know. 
And on the outside, it looked like Simone had it all together. I was a volleyball star, played year round, like all these things looked good on the outside, Mm -hmm. but I was dying on the inside. So what happened was I went and looked for love in all the wrong places. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a strong connection with the Lord. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand all the things that I understand now. None of us did back then. None of us did back then. (laughs) And and so long story short, I I ran into the arms of a boy that was hurting as well, entered a super codependent, abusive relationship and got pregnant. And I guess I'm telling you this because the context is important. I think even now, as we're Old women now and, and doing our things, sometimes that outside perspective that we portray, but yet inside the pain that we're holding on to. Mm-hmm. That's why I love podcasts like this and women like you, Elizabeth, who say, Hey, let's talk about the hard things. Yeah. Like you can put on the makeup and I put on some makeup for. And we can put, post that Instagram photo. The context behind the story, I think, is so important. So I went on a tangent here, and mm-hmm. I don't forget <laughs> great. exactly what your question was. <laughs> um, but people did come alongside yeah. me uh-huh. during that time. I mm-hmm. did, for some reason, ask for help. And so I had teachers that spoke into me. Mrs. Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth, Miss Smith, not Elizabeth, mm-hmm. sorry. Miss Smith was... <laughs> was a teacher who actually believed in me. And I remember her telling me in AP um, government, she was like, she made me that every year she would like choose a student body and she would give awards based on whatever. And so she made me the vice president. And I remember thinking like, hmm, why me, right? Daniel Evans was the president and he was like so smart. I copied off of Daniel Evans. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel Evans, if you're out there. Yes, yes. People came along and spoke life into my life when I did not see myself the way Miss Smith saw me. And that's inspired me to this day to speak life into other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I can totally relate to that. I'm pretending to have it together on the outside and I'm crushed on the inside. I went through that for several years where I just tried to fake it. And I think I had a couple of things, reasons why I I did that. I grew up as a dancer. So I have that like stage presence of, okay, I'm on stage now. And you just smile no matter how bad it hurts or how wrong the show's going. You just pretend like I'm meant to do that. And you're going. And then I went from there to a military academy where it's all about military bearing. And no matter what happens around you, you just keep an expressionless face on. So I have these two things in my background training me to no matter what's going on in you or around you, you just keep going. And so I think I just naturally fall back on that. And then there's the things of, I felt ashamed that I was struggling with depression as a Christian. I'm like, Mm. I I must be doing something wrong. But totally when you bring these things out into the light, when you share them with other people and you confess them to God and you talk through them, they shrink. It just, it's not as overwhelming when you just say, hey, this is what I'm going through. And the number of people that come up and say, me too, I've gone through that, or I've been through something similar. And I never would have known if I hadn't have said something first yeah. to cause them to respond that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I, I think that's why the power of story 
Mm -hmm. uh, so for the last two years, I've been with self-publishing school, helping them to coach up entrepreneurs. Yeah, some authors become yeah. entrepreneurs, but authors to tell their story. And over the course of two years, I've come across over 500 clients and been blessed to hear their story. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know before, know this, everyone has hurt and everyone is hurting. So that's the other thing that I realized is like the process of resiliency, it doesn't end. Mm -hmm. Like I remember going through, like being in the hard things and going, okay, when is this going to stop? God brings us through all kinds of seasons, but thinking that just, okay, I'll be happy when I get to yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. Okay, we'll just, we'll get that, out of this. That lie. <laughs> that, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Oh, yes. And the, and the, the like, okay, after this is done, mm -hmm. right, then I will. And I'm here to tell you, y'all, 2020 has been a wreck for me, just like a lot of other people. Crazy, just insane year that I've had lots of endings of things and but what I found in this year I love I love your word Elizabeth has been resiliency you and the group that I work with at, at self-publishing school my community of faith-filled female entrepreneurs I do alliteration has <laughs> reminded me that showing up even when things are hard and being honest about it yeah is the best thing ever. It's that what you're just talking about, right? like actually facing that fear, actually saying, I may have my makeup on today, but inside I'm hurting, mm -hmm. but I'm going to come and do the best that I can. So just give me some grace. And then yeah. somehow as you're in that space and you're showing up, it does exactly what you said. The Lord mm -hmm. comes in and he's able to, just like that Japanese mosaic clay, put it back together with the light that can shine through it mm -hmm. and the pieces that get put back. Yeah. And I have seen his majesty mm -hmm. in this year. And I think that's oftentimes like I have been living out, worshiping him in my brokenness. And yes. that's the resiliency that only a God that we serve can give us that even in the midst of all your hard things, that there is so much joy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to yeah. cry. Water is <laughs> yeah. coming out of my eyeballs. Yeah. You know, it's just, no, I, yeah, it's true. I love that. It's when we're at our weakest, that's when he shows up strong. And I, I feel like his light is able to shine through us better with the cracks. It's his light that comes through us to other people and to other situations. And I totally agree with you about the showing up thing. I, there have been so many times in my life <laughs> where I'm like, okay, Lord, I did the best I could and I've shown up and now I need you to show up because if you don't, this is going to go south real quick. <laughs> that is a real prayer. <laughs> yes. yep. like, I, I've shown up. I need you to show up. And yeah. he always does. He always yeah. does. So always, I know it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been that process of doing hard things. I think we could talk about it over and over again. One of the things, can I share one thing mm -hmm. that I've oh, learned? Yeah in this last year is that there is no comparison in hardness. Mm -hmm. 
If you're connected in community, whatever community you are connected in, I think we're talking to faith-filled women here and some men. And a community is so important for us. In the healthiest of communities, sometimes there's this comparison that happens. And I think the worst comparison is the comparison of pain. So as women uplifting women and, and men supporting women and all the things, we have to remember, or I encourage everyone that no matter the level of hurt or pain or whatever, there is no comparison pain is pain, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Because sometimes we look at someone else's situation and we go either, oh, whatever that you fill in the blank. No, I fell into that trap where I was depressed, but I'm like, I have no right to feel depressed because that woman over there is struggling with cancer. And this one over here has these other issues and she has that. And I have no right to feel the way that I do. So on top of all the burdens I was carrying, I plunked a big old hunk of guilt. And yeah. that didn't help. So I hear what you're saying on that. Good, good. I, I, yeah, I've just been really learning and living all of that. As you start to talk about your things, like you said, like your hard things, you start saying, hey, I've been dealing with depression. I feel anxious. I'm going through a divorce. I'm whatever. People say me too. And yeah. they want to come and support you. And I think it's you have to be careful too to surround yourself with support that is uplifting. Mm-hmm. to plug into podcasts like Elizabeth's, to find support that it doesn't turn into what fest, right? We're just like going <laughs> to yeah. continue to talk about our pain. Right. We got to get connected to a community that will see the pain because that's important. Validation. I see right. you. Yes. I understand where you're coming from. And, and sister, I'm here for you. And then, hey, what's the next step? Yeah. Like how can we support you in the next step? Mm -hmm. That is so important that we do that for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you mentioned the trials of 2020 (laughs) and I think this is really an excellent opportunity for us to come together. Unfortunately, there's a lot of forces in the world that want to divide us and keep us apart, but in, in Christ, we're all one. And even that was Jesus final prayer before he died was for unity for, for us, for the people who would believe in him to come. And so I think we have unprecedented to use that favorite word times Mm -hmm. where we can pull together and support each other. And I was just hearing on the the radio, they were talking about a ministry that these people do to give food to needy people around Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. And they weren't sure if they could do it this year. And their goal is like 500 turkeys, but they got enough meals for 1300 families because people were so generous and so helpful this year. And I just, people are looking for ways to support each other and all of us need support from each other. So yeah, no matter our beliefs, in spite of our differences, I think that I heard that somewhere. Someone was like, in spite of our differences, like I can love you, Mm -hmm. not have to agree with your perspective of the world. It's okay. It's okay. And I don't know where we got this idea that if we disagree, we have to hate each other. Cause I'm like, I, know. <laughs> I don't even always agree with myself. You I, know, I argue with myself. But... <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes I feel like a walking contradiction. I know. I don't know if I'm crazy, but I have different parts of my brain that will have a conversation about something. And 
no, do it this way. No, you can't do that. I argue with myself. So funny. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That is yeah. so good. Yeah. Our time flew by. I love chatting with you. I love hearing your story and everything. But as we wrap up, let people know where they can reach out to you and connect with you and, and get your book and the latest yeah. things that you're working on. A hundred percent. It's super easy. Just go to sloanekeeney.com. I'm sure Elizabeth hook it up in the show notes and that's where we live and, and build community and we're having a great time. Okay. Awesome. And your book again is girl, you can do hard things. And I assume people can get that on Amazon and Amazon head over to Amazon. It is there. Yes. Awesome. And I'll put all those links down in the show notes so that people can reach out and connect with Sloan and get more of her wisdom and encouragement. She's uh, just full of energy and wisdom and grace and a lot of fun. So we thank you all for tuning in today. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe, follow, do all the things, share the stuff, give us a review. And the reason why is not just a vanity thing, but it's that feeds the little algorithms in the cyberspace that help us get this message of hope and healing out to more people. Because there are a lot of hurting people out there who need to hear it. And so it's for their sake that we want to do those things so that people can find these messages that they need to hear. Thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you again next week. Bye. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 Resilient Life Hacks, Go to resilientlifehacks.com. Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want.